I'm John Gardiner, and you're listening to the Beginner's Guide to Model Railroading. Model railroading is fun. You just have to know how to do it. This episode, I'm restarting the podcast. fade. I would like to ask all of your guys' apologies. I have been incredibly busy. Quite a variety of things have happened in my life, including by Nathan's absence, as you may have been able to infer. I have moved to New York State, and I'm living on my own for the first time. I've started at least two more model railroads. I have a new job. I am currently in the middle of graduate school applications. I've changed scales, and oh, so much more that I really don't have time for. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm sorry. Uh, This is G4 in the editing session of this particular podcast episode, and literally in the time between when I recorded these lines and when I'm getting around to editing them now, lo and behold, I was accepted to graduate school at Penn State. So on the one hand, yay me! But on the other hand, it means that my life is going to continue to be as volatile because in the next six months, I'm going to have to move and do all of this all over again. So, (laughs) yeah, I I, I feel the need to apologize to you all in the highly likely event that this podcast once again will not be regular for a while. So uh, patience, please. Sorry, all. Anyway, back to work. So, yeah, that explains why this podcast uh, has gone off the air for a while. But I always did love writing these scripts and explaining what I know. So, I am bringing it back. Now, as part of that, in order to make things easier to restart, I am going to be re-recording old episodes. So, for about uh, five or six episodes or so, a lot of what you're going to hear is going to be familiar, but tweaked in some ways, and I'm also re-recording them just to increase the level of professionalism. I'm going to investigate other ways of hosting the podcast, because as it was, there was a limit uh, to the amount of upload time that I could use. 
And then also, in general, I'm going to try and make things uh, shorter, sweeter, and hopefully have a more uh, active and involved community. So, going back to this podcast, The Beginner's Guide to Model Railroading, its name is very self-explanatory, and part of the reason why I want to do this is simply model railroading has a very steep learning curve, and as a result, uh, some people who enjoy trains and might enjoy the concept of building a model railroad don't necessarily have uh, the time, effort, knowledge, or wherewithal in order to be able to do it. Um, so what I want to do with this is try and lower the barrier for entry to this podcast by providing at least an initial and, more importantly, free launching point for beginners in the hobby. I will hopefully be firstly covering most of the things that you do in order to build a model railroad in uh, simple and general terms, explaining some things, and therefore allowing the beginners to go off and explore the hobby media and understand it better than they would be able to before. And then beyond that, I also want to try and act as a Q&A service. Since I happen to know a lot about this, if anybody wants to get in contact with me and ask a question, I will be more than happy to put together an episode to answer questions from listeners and hopefully allow people to move forward with their own projects that way. So as to what this podcast will be specifically... Um, I will get episodes out whenever I can get to them. Uh, as I have discovered, editing is actually the biggest single time constraint uh, in terms of production. So at this point, I'm going to set a fairly laid-back and conservative release schedule of every one to two months or so. Um, if ever I miss a deadline, and depending on the hosting service, I might decide to rebroadcast some of the episodes that I've made, if they're good ones or if they're still pertinent. Um, and then if I am so lucky enough to have the time to be able to expand my efforts, well, then there you go. But otherwise, count on every one to two months at this point. Um, the podcast will hopefully be short form, uh, under 30 minutes a piece, ideally shorter, but I'm a very verbose individual. I'm so sorry for that. Uh, and ideally conversational, at least whenever I don't overwrite myself 15 pages of material for each episode. But anyway, that's that's my problem to deal with, not your guys's. Um, I will be providing the expert's perspective because dear friend Nathan is only two and a half thousand miles away and it's not immediately easy of a commute. So yeah, no beginner's perspective, which means that community involvement, you guys, you listening to this podcast right now, you are more important than ever, because I, as somebody who has lived and breathed this stuff for a decade, might completely miss something that's obvious to you. So I want you, right now, to open up your phone or your computer and go to facebook.com slash groups slash B-G-T-M-R-R-I-N-G and join that group, ask questions there, or if you want, you can send me an email at B-G-T-M-R-R-I-N-G at gmail.com. The Beginner's Guide to Model Railroading. And then every episode, for the most part, will cover a topic and kind of explain it in general, but also give pertinent specifics that are relevant to beginners. And then as you guys continue to send me material, then I will every so often come up with a, a question and answer episode where I will address all of your questions one by one and hopefully answer them in order to help you with your modeling efforts. 
So, now time to refresh and update as to who I am. Well, uh, I have a childhood obsession with trains and model railroading, actually dating back to 2002. Specifically, uh, when my grandfather got me a, the Great Model Railroad's 2002 issue. And I still have that, actually. I paged through that issue so much, and I investigated every single track plan, and I examined every single photograph in excruciating detail. But the one that absolutely captured my fascination was the cover story of the Sioux Line. It was so realistic. The, the railroad was both massive, but more importantly, it was alive. It lived and breathed and functioned like a real railroad, not just in how the trains ran, but, according to the article, in how everybody helped to, to create it. My grandpa around this time was actually making me a simple model railroad, a very simple foam core top, and maybe it was four by eight or so, and it had only three turnouts. But um, I worked on the, the scenery and the buildings with my grandmother, and I had so much fun. Then around 2005, my, mother, my, my parents actually got me a, a Lionel train. Uh, it was a very simple a Lionel Junior steam locomotive, with uh, some passenger cars, but I lived and breathed that thing too. In fact, one of my favorite memories, and that is oh so telltale as to my personality, was when I actually started running a tourist railroad operation on it, on a timetable. No roundy round trains for me. It was exclusively point A to point B, wait to drop off the passengers, turn and service a locomotive, turn back around again. So, from a very early age, I mean, God, this was before I was 10 for sure, I, you could kind of tell where I was going in life, at least with respect to my hobbies and interests. So, uh, at this point, I've had, despite the fact that I'm only 21 years old, I've had 10 model railroads. <laughs> for those interested, the first one, obviously, was a layout with my grandparents. The first one that I ever started on my own never really got anywhere, but it was, I called it the Irvine Valley Railroad. It was a big, fat, and clunky 4x8 next, uh, tacked onto a 4x6, so technically a 6x12. Um, and, uh, I mean, it really never progressed into scenery, but it... it, it served as the groundwork for my fascination because I put so much of my hopes and dreams onto it and slowly over time I started to be able to articulate what it was that I was interested in and wanted to do in addition to being able to have fun with trains. I mean I was never much of an operational setup but I started to discover what I wanted. My third model railroad was a muchly scaled back three by nine foot layout Technically a switching layout, but actually set in the Pacific Northwest and logging. And to those of you who might recall some of the older episodes of this podcast before I re-recorded them, I actually managed to take that model railroad and donate it to the Northwest Railway Museum, and they are slowly actually turning it into an exhibit on Washington State logging railroad history. So, uh, I, it is, at this point, the peak of my model railroading experience, because it's the first one that I've ever truly completed, but also, it's the one where I was able to go the farthest into detailing it and making it beautiful. And uh, when I moved it to the museum, I, because I was supposed to never be moved again, I was able to uh, see, scenic over the scenes, and it is now, and now, it is the most beautiful and complete that it ever could be. So I'm very happy that it was able to have a happy ending. 
Um, uh, the next layout that I had really never got even to the roadbed stage. I was attempting to model the Simpson Timber Company. And then after that, to those who recall, I had a six by six foot castered island layout of the Cowlitz, Chehalis, and Cascade Railroad. Um, and uh, I, well, it still exists. It's sitting back in Seattle. And due to the constraints of my situation, I don't think I'll ever be able to really do anything with it again for a variety of reasons. Um, much like the Irvine Valley Railroad, I, I learned more about it than I was able to complete of it. And uh, though I am fairly proud of it, because it, it, it signified my first foray into truly professional modeling tactics. Um, the uh, logging layout that is at the museum, it looks beautiful, but it ran horrifically with derailments every half uh, foot or so. But the Triple C, um, even though it never got to scenery, and even though it didn't ru uh, run as reliably, I was able to experiment with it and actually put into practice all of what I wanted to do and learn how to do things. Uh, and that's officially where I stand. However, in between now and then, I was able to build two more layouts. Uh, the first one was a three and a half by five foot railroad that my then girlfriend and myself built for my family for Christmas of 2016. And I built it in a blistering six weeks from nothing to finished. It is this lovely little simple beginner model railroad, if I do say so myself, given the subject of the podcast. Um, it only has about five or so turnouts, um, but... But it is a beautiful, win snow-covered winter landscape. Um, it has lighted building interiors, a little Christmas tree even that has lights on it, a little trolley line with an overhead catenary, and even a small staging track underneath the mountain. Even though it is not meant to be as elaborate as some of the other things that I've built, it is the most stylistically cohesive I have been able to put together. After that, I actually adopted a layout for the National Model Railroad Association that was donated to them and rehabilitated it, and they are uh, going to be recovering it soon and turning it into a display layout that they can then take to shows in various museums and whatnot. A mobile layout is the point. And that's where I am right now. So that's the first seven. But then upon moving here to New York, well, over the summer, I actually managed to go to the Wiscasset, Waterville, and Farmington uh, Railroad and Historical Society up in Alna Center, Maine. Uh, and I fell in love with the, with the Maine two-footers, the Lilliputians, they're called. Smallest gauge commercial carrier railroads in the United States. We'll get more into gauge later. Um, but to those who recall my uh, uh, previous episode with Nathan about scales, I said that at the time I was modeling an HO scale, but if I was ever to restart, I would seriously consider ON30. Well, lo and behold, here I am, modeling in ON30. So this current setup is actually supposed to be uh, a Fremo-esque module uh, with adapter modules on either end that would fit with Fremo, but it is modeling the Kennebec Central in the late 1890s, early 1900s, have yet to settle on the date at this point, I think I might choose 1904, and it is only 18 inches deep by 9 feet long. Soon, it's going to have a staging yard, and then maybe, depending on how things go, I think I will continue extending it. Maybe encompassing the entire line, but for now, I'm trying to scale back my efforts to make something smaller, 
but more beautiful and more reliable. And I can say, very satisfactorily at this point, that I haven't had a single derailment yet. So, who knows? So that's number eight. Number nine is a very interesting little one that I might get to in later. Maybe I might even do an episode on micro layouts. It's a pizza layout. To those who are familiar with the small layout scrapbook originally started by Carl Arndt of Olympia, Washington, um, a pizza layout is basically a, an absolutely minuscule model railroad, usually built in larger scales on a Lazy Susan or smaller. And the idea being is that it's a really small industrial tramway that can have absurdly tight radii, and so you can make a fully completed and functioning but adorably miniature model railroad in a small space that, I mean, you, that you could transport in a single seat of a car to meetups and whatnot. So, after a long time uh, establishing how I would do that, I now actually have a pizza layout that is almost all the way to being a completed and successful loop. And then I'll start detailing it. This one is modeling the anthracite mine trams of Pennsylvania, which I also managed to visit and was entranced by as well. And then finally, on deck, not actually started, is a more expanded version of the pizza layout. It's also going to be a micro, only four square feet, nine inches deep by four feet long by 15 inches high. It's meant to be a model railroad Basically, inside a picture frame that you can hang on a wall. And so that's going to be my plan for expanding the um, anthracite model railroad in the future. But that's where I am. Now, as for my CV, I have obviously run this podcast before. I co-hosted two episodes of the Model Railcast show. And then before that, God, it, that was over. Six or seven years ago. I'm getting old. I ran two seasons of Model Railcast video. Um, as for my educational CV, I, of course, was a certified docent at the Northwest Railway Museum. I also was a member of the train crew at the Northwest Railway Museum, aided in switching and whatnot, so I know how real railroads work. I was a volunteer tutor while I was in college. I'm a scientist by employ at currently the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. And I taught the Model Railroad Merit Badge and managed to lead a tour of the Union Pacific's Roper Yard in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I also ran the inaugural clinic at the Ophir Tintic and Western Model Railroad Show in Thanksgiving Point, Utah. So I would like to think that I am extremely qualified to lead, of all things, an explanatory podcast. But in the event that I am not bgtmring at gmail.com. Send compliments, complaints, and death threats to that address, if you please. And that leads perfectly into closing. So thank you all very much for listening. I really hope that I can expand this into future projects. And here's to the restart. And that's a little thing of alcohol, because I'm actually over 21 now, and I can drink alcohol. Yeah, that's something that's happened since you guys heard of me last. Anyway, if you have a question or comment, please email me at bgtmring at gmail.com, or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash bgtmring. If you like the show, please give us a good review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast feed. If you really like the show, please subscribe your friends to our podcast feed. If you really, really like our show, please subscribe your friends to our podcast feed without their knowledge. If you did not like us, do not say anything and contemplate the thought crime that you have committed. 
And now, as your reward for listening through my episodic spiel, your modeler's vocabulary word for this episode is chambermaid. Noun. A roundhouse mechanic. Thank you for listening, and happy modeling. One last thing. I want to dedicate this episode to the person, I wish I remembered your name, who came up to me at the Amherst show in Springfield, Massachusetts. You are my first ever fan, and, as far as I'm concerned, are also the reason why this podcast is back. Thank you. (laughs) 